This is an ABC podcast. Hello, this is Coronacast, a daily podcast all about the coronavirus. I'm health reporter Tegan Taylor. And I'm physician and journalist Dr Norman Swan. It's episode 301 of Coronacast on Thursday the 20th of May 2021. That's right. And of course yesterday we had our 300th episode which is a crazy milestone that none of us thought we'd reach. But as part of celebrating it we were talking about what should Australia's cool, cute, funny, scary vaccination campaign, ad campaign look like. And Norman, you had some suggestions, but then we asked our audience to give in their suggestions. And may I say, I think theirs were better. Um, They absolutely 100% are. I mean, mine needed the full production skills of Will Ockenden, our producer, to really (laughs) turn them into into something. Okay, so today we'll run through some of your very excellent suggestions and then we'll talk a bit about how you can actually apply this in your life. And our first uh, response comes from Jordan. Yeah, well, Jordan was pretty impressed with your ideas, actually. Jordan says, listening to your Wednesday episode right now, finding those jingle suggestions very effective. The fear from last year came flooding back in the fear campaign that you mentioned, Norman, and Jordan got choked up listening to the schmaltzy version. So hoping the government gets on board with this too. Well, thanks, Jordan. Your check is in the mail, as they say. This one comes from Jess. Uh, Hi, Coronacast Elevator Pitch. We know how to relax, cue pictures of tranquil Australian tourism stuff and lazy koalas, but not yet. Time to get vaxxed. In the campaign, that Thor guy being tough and getting a vax, Eric Bana, also <laughs> of superhero fame, or is it Thor or Thor? Okay, I don't know. It's Thor. Oh, come on, Norman. Don't you know the Hemsworths? Uh, that's your department, not mine. Jessica Marboyd <laughs> singing the jingle and vaxxing, some underbelly, act- underbelly actors being tough vaxxers, throw in some sporting celebs like AFL people, comedians like Aaron Chen and comic characters like Kath and Kim and Kel alongside them. And any extras and actors make sure that we have a cross-section of ages and cultures that represent Australia. And there's the advert. Thanks, Jess. You've got um, an instant job with a major creative agency. I love that. And I think that's probably something that Australia would do. This one also from Lauren also uh, suggests someone from the Kath and Kim cast. Lauren reckons we should have Magda Zubansky in opinion hair rollers behind the counter at a servo selling hot Chico rolls and saying, if you want to go back to life where you can sit on a beach in Bali and get your hair braided, you better pop out and grab a jab. Then this uh, Coronacast slogan submitted by Kay with variations on this theme by Ed, Michelle, Catherine and many more. Don't be a prick. Get a prick. Ah, good old Australian pun. I'm sorry to report that Charlie Pickering and our friends at the Weekly actually beat you to it on that one. Yeah, so let's hear a little bit of their ad. It's actually brilliant, actually. (laughs) You're the laugh of the party. You give everyone a boost. Put your needle on our record so we can finally cut loose. Sure, you may feel like a bit of a dick, but we say give the prick a go. Inject your mate and I'll have eight. COVID vaccine. Give the prick a go. Enough of the pricks. Let's move on. (laughs) And so then Stuart's saying we should talk about probability. So Stuart says if you don't want to get vaccinated because there's a 99.99 survival rate, your house has a 99.999 chance of not burning down. I bet you have insurance for that, though. Yeah, the insurance industry won't like it, but the vaccination industry might. Uh, From Deborah, my husband had the jab on Monday and I'm in for Friday as soon as we could get in. There's been no campaign to let people know they're eligible. One, though, on Get the Jab campaigns, use social pressure and word of mouth. Knowing friends and family that have had the jab without incidents is the best way to convert others. So, quote, spread the word, not the virus, get the jab for you and yours and all of us. Thanks, Deborah. 
And we also had Hamish, another one of our friends, who emailed us saying that he wanted to have a campaign around herd immunity, as in you tell people, they tell people, and it spreads throughout Australia because you've heard about it. <laughs> and then Very finally, good. one from well, and one from Sam saying we should have F1 drivers saying things like live fast, get the in the vacceleration lane. I reckon if you get a COVID vaccine, you should be allowed to go in the uh, T2 uh, tra- transport lanes when you're uh, in traffic. And we've got some scary ones. Um, one from Kenton saying... Uh, a sore arm and a headache for a few days is better than even one minute on a ventilator. I would suspect that's probably true. Yikes, yeah. And uh, similarly, Rose says, vaccination is the answer, procrastination isn't. Yep, and uh, hopeful ones, uh, the sky is no longer falling, the skies are calling by Ben. How romantic. I love it. Get back on a plane. Come on, why hesitate? Be a mate and vaccinate. That's by to be sung to a rap beat by John. Thanks, John. And one more from McGann saying she wants to do a remix of Dan Andrews' Get on the Beers, but replace beers with Get on the Vaccines. It's not quite as punchy for me, but I can see where she's coming from. Well, Dan's almost back at work. Maybe we could get him to record it. Well, thanks again so much for everyone who sent in your suggestions. There were so many more than we could read out today. And while we don't necessarily have a direct line to the ad agencies and the Australian government, I bet you have a direct line to lots of your friends and maybe you'd like to share your enthusiasm for vaccination with them. Yeah, and just remember, here that um, what drives us here is that you've got to get the balance of negativity right. So on one side, you're feeling you know, that you might lose something by or the risk of having the clot, which is really very low, versus you know really no benefit on the other side to counterweight. And what this is all about is actually getting the counterweight, making people realise that you know, if we don't actually get vaccinated, we're still going to live in fear. I was just talking to somebody from Western Australia yesterday who was saying that people in Western Australia are largely living in fear and there's no, there's no virus around. Every time something happens, everybody gets very twitchy. Well, get immunised and you'll be less twitchy. That's right. And then the other thing we know about what helps motivate people is that uh, if people are hesitant, it's not necessarily about blasting them with facts, but it's about coming alongside them and understanding what's motivating them and then starting the conversation from that point. And as we said yesterday, sometimes what makes people hesitant is not so much hesitant about the vaccine. It's just, you know, I've heard stories, you've got to wait in queues. I've heard stories that GPs say they don't have any and will book you in in July. Well, those days are getting to be over. Uh, In New South Wales, between 40 and 50, people are getting immunised with Pfizer at the moment, and that's going to increasingly be the case elsewhere. And um, states are opening up new centres all over the place. So it's going to get much easier to have it done. So the physical barrier, if you like, just to get off your bum and get it done, which is probably the main hesitancy, is going to be relieved. Well, we've been talking here about getting people their first dose of vaccine, Norman, and we have a long way to go here in Australia for that. But there's some new research showing that there are some groups of people that actually might benefit from a third dose. Yeah, so there's research showing that organ transplant recipients really do get a very low antibody response. And the French government, um, through its equivalent of um, ATAGI, they call it Le Conseil d'Orientation de la Stratégie Vaccinale. Oh, In other so words, their, um, their Council of Vaccine Strategy issued a recommendation. And they've recommended a third vaccine dose. So for all of you hesitating on your first one, you'll get on the bus because the third one <laughs> might be here to be administered in certain medical situations. So this is the French recommendation as of May 7th. So these are people who are organ transplant recipients, dialysis patients, and people taking strong immunosuppressant uh, therapies should be booked in for a third dose if you live in France. 
to actually give you an extra boost to your immunization. And um, as I think we talked about the other day, there is increasing evidence now that mixing vaccines gives you a bigger immune response. So it could be not just a third one, but a different brand from the or a different technology from the first vaccines that you had could give you an extra boost. So that's a really important thing there to know about. Do you see Australia bringing in similar recommendations for people who fit into these categories? They might. And certainly they should be thinking about it because these people are vulnerable and you don't want them to be vulnerable, particularly when we open up and maybe a third dose could help. Um, You want to get as strong as antibody responses you as you want and mixing the doses could be a way of doing it with different um, so you might have Astra mixed with Pfizer when Moderna comes in you might mix that so those could give you much stronger immune responses and really good news looking through the Therapeutic Goods Administration recent announcements is that a few days ago they actually opened the door they didn't give provisional approval because Pfizer's got to apply for it but they opened the door for Pfizer to come back to them with an application for approval to give their vaccine to um, young people down to the age of 12, which is what's happening overseas. So that's good news. That's similar to the advice that we talked about in the US about a week ago. Why would they be doing that now when there's still such a long time until kids would be eligible for it? Well, it may not be a long time. It depends on how many people come forward. And if you know that you could take 12 years and older, you might have a situation, for example, where you've got a high throughput clinic, you've always got doses at the end of the day, and young parents and their kids turn up for an immunization on the off chance they might get it. And if they're allowed to give it, they will. Um, So it just frees things up to be much more flexible. You're only going to reach uh, an 80 or 90% coverage rate in Australia if you actually do get down to that sort of age group. So we've got to do that and get down to it. So that gives the freedom to do it. And it's up to individual states, particularly, and the Commonwealth to agree to be relaxed enough about it, particularly if there's spare doses available. And of course, we know that kids like teenagers can spread the virus pretty much at the same levels as adults do. Yes, that's right. Primary school children is a bit debatable, but older children, yes. Well, that's all we've got time for today. Me and this anti-Chris Hemsworth doctor will see you tomorrow. Oh, it's just what he goes around and does with his hammer. That's really all I care about. (laughs) We'll see you then.